0: Thank you for that lovely welcome. It's always good to be down here in Devon, and uh, Ray's been talking about age. Um, Well, they say there's childhood, youth, middle age, and you're looking wonderful. And uh, I'm glad so many people have said to me, Don, you're looking well. I said to them, never judge a sausage by its skin. But I do... I'm so grateful and thankful for your prayers while I get myself comfortable here, in case I am preaching a few hours, which I doubt. Thank you very much for your prayers and your love and support, um, which has meant so much to me over the past year. Uh, Morland's moved down here in 1955. And I moved down with them. So I've had a relationship with the church here for so many years. And uh, this last week, I was just thinking of the past and all that's happened to me. I said to Jonathan, perhaps tonight uh, will be more a testimony rather than a sermon, because I must have preached here hundreds of times. And I think one of the things that's come across uh, my mind is over the years, the need to continually trust the Lord and the way we see faith work out in our lives. I'm going to read from Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I think we could call this passage faith in action. When I was in the Faroe Islands, where I did quite a lot of my ministry, my friend Yegvan, at the age of 24, left to be a missionary in Iceland. And in Kleiksvik, the droning Alexandrina, the ship that he sailed on, came into Kleiksvik from Denmark, was calling in at the Faroes and taking him to Iceland. So I went down to the docks. And just before he left, went down into his cabin to speak with him. We were very close friends, so I was going to be the last contact that he had. And we were talking and praying and reading, and suddenly the boat began to move. <laughs> and uh, Jigvan said, uh, Don, I think you're coming to Iceland with me. <laughs> oh, no, I said, I'm preaching here at klaksvik tonight. So we ran onto the deck of the ship, and sure enough, the boat had left with me on it. And uh, the boat had to come out. And then it would come by the end of the pier. And as I looked down, there were three of my friends, three very strong friends. And uh, they shouted up to Yegvan, tell Don to jump. (laughs) Well, he managed to open the gate on the ship. And these friends of mine, Ola Steinberg, a missionary, was going to be a missionary in Greenland, Ola Jakobsen, now the president of New Tribes, and A.N. Elter, who became the minister of oil. These three strong strapping lads were there. Tell Don to jump. Well, the boat came round, and it was within a few feet at the end of the pier, and just at the right moment... I think Yegvan pushed me, but I'd like to think I jumped, and these three lads caught me, and that night I preached in Klaxvek, but when I thought about that, particularly this last week, I think God has been saying to me, that's what I expect you to do, I, my jumping, I trusted them, but of course it was faith in them that caught me and held me. We all exercise faith. I'm sat on this chair for the first time. And it's holding me at the moment. Of course, that spiritual faith, by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourself, it's the gift of God. But how wonderful it is that God has made faith the means of contact with him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The Bible says we walk by faith. Paul says, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Four times the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. If it's in four times, I reckon it's very, very important. The Lord Jesus said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Ronald Dunn uh, translates it like this. Have you not yet come to a settled attitude of faith? <laughs> Have you not yet come to a settled attitude of faith? I'm still working on it. I really am. But faith is absolutely essential. Stibbs, a theologian, said, quoting the Bible, as you've received Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. He says the Christian life is simply a repetition of what you did when you were saved. You're walking. I should have received him, ooh, I remember September the 23rd, I'm not going to tell you what year, but I was 12, taking that step of faith, passing from darkness to light. Oh, it was a major step. You know, when I go around, people like to show me baby's first book, and the are thrilled, the father's thrilled to get a picture of baby having a first step. If I go back six years later and they're still talking about baby's first step, there's something wrong. No. As you receive Jesus as Lord, keep moving in him. The Christian life is a repetition. And when we're talking about faith, it's not a kind of mystical, fairy kind of thing that you read about in Harry Potter. Faith is a golden ring, says Luther, that embraces Jesus Christ the pearl of great price. It's the receiving arm and the hand of the soul. That's why it's so important. Without faith, nothing happens. It receives, it grasps. I've told the story of the little boy. Went into the sweet shop, and the man behind the counter, I love going into sweet shops, even though I'm diabetic, and he got a jar of sweets, and he said to the little lad, Put your hand in and take a handful. The little boy did nothing. Put your hand in and take a handful. The little boy did nothing. Third time, put your... He did nothing. So in the end, the shopkeeper put his hand in and gave the boy a whole load of sweets. Outside, his dad said to him, why didn't you do what the shopkeeper told you to do? Oh, said the little boy, he's got a bigger hand than mine. (laughs) You know, we need to have a big hand. It's the receiving arm of the soul. It's the marching boots for blessing. It's the key. It's the key to real, concrete, substantial blessings. Faith in the Bible here is called substance. So when we're talking about this gift of faith, it brings us into reality, into something that's absolutely amazing. And it's something that is for all believers. It's not just for the George Mullers. God wants us to exercise faith. He has no favourites with his children. The sun has been shining, hopefully, on Paynton today, on every house, on every roof. But only some windows have opened and received it. So, this is... In the Bible, in the Christian life, one of the most important things, we walk by faith. The church exercises faith. The elders listen to the voice of God and move. And you and I, as we read the word of God and as we pray, we begin to walk by faith. And things begin to happen and things begin to give. So somebody says, but does it work? That's the whole point. You're sat there telling us that if we're going to move in the Christian life, faith, hope, and love, we need faith. Does it really work? Can you give us some encouragement tonight, being as old as you are? Well, I went to a church, and I said, why isn't so-and-so speaking? Oh, they said, every time he comes, he talks about himself. <laughs> he is suffering from loss of memory. So... I don't like preachers talking, about. as I say, I'm going to give a word of testimony tonight. Does it really work? Well, it works in times of heart conviction. When the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and we just have the assurance that this is right, circumstances move, all the lights are green, 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 and we just feel like the scripture says it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. In the 60s. I really felt the Lord was calling me to the Faroe Islands. And the brethren in the Faroe said, Don, the time has come. My friend Zykes, who Margaret knew, Zykes Zacharias, what a lovely name, telephoned through and said, Don, now come on. And the brethren felt, yes, I felt this is the right moment. And now the only way you could get to the pharaohs was on a fishing boat, three days and three nights from Grimsby. He didn't say it with flowers, he didn't say it with chocolates, he said it with seasick tablets, and uh, they said, telephone through and say, go up to Aberdeen and get, ask Mr. Scarehammer, the ambassador, to put you on a boat to the pharaohs. Well, my friend Keith collected me at Manchester, and we went in his Morris Minor right up to Aberdeen, and there were no... Uh, motorways, and it took us a whole day to get there. And the next morning, I did as I was told, went into the ambassador's office and said, Mr. Scarehammer, I've been asked up to the Faroe Islands to help in the church work there. Can you put me on a fishing boat, please? Ooh, he said. There's been no boats leave for the Faroes from Aberdeen for weeks. They've all left from Grimsby. Oh, my heart fell. I was just about to leave when the telephone rang, and he spoke in either Danish or Faroese. Put the phone down, and he said, "Young man," I'm going to say that again, Ray. "Young man," he said. "The sun is shining on you." He said, "That was a skipper in Copenhagen. He's coming over to Aberdeen tomorrow for two hours to collect some stuff." And he's willing to take you up to the Faroe Islands. And you know, it was absolutely amazing. There were absolutely new experiences for me, awaiting me, even on the boat. 1961, I'd never seen a duvet. We used blanket sheets and eiderdowns and water bottles. So it was a new, And then when I arrived in the Faroe's, where there's great work for God, it was wonderful. And it only took 26 hours. You know, but coming back, it took five days and five nights, and I was in a gale all the way back. I had to jump on the boat because it couldn't get into the dock. It was a Danish trawler. I was with in the middle of the Atlantic. It was gale blowing. I didn't know anybody on the ship. I was on my own. I lay there and watched my uh, case hit the ceiling and come down. <laughs> but knew the presence of the Lord. God moves and answers prayer. Faith works in the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, David this morning said, sometimes when we're listening to the word, it can be a prophetic word, especially for you. Some of you know that in the 1980s, we decided to open St. Andrews as a conference centre and Bible college. It had been used as a girls' school for, t- for uh, many years and had 200 girls going there, but they had to close, and the opportunity came for us to buy the property. Miss Allen was a Christian, she owned it, and she offered it to us on very, very lovely terms. So it meant that I had to sell my house And John, who was leading this project, had to sell his house. But we were willing to do it and to open the Bible school and Bible college there. Everything was going smooth. But one morning, Steve Perks, the quintessence of Yorkshireness. When I think of my friend Steve Perks, I think of fish and chips and flat caps and uh, Yorkshire pudding. Um, In fact, everything of quality. And uh, what can I say? Fantastic stuff. A Yorkshireman through and through. And he came and sat, came to my house early morning. And he read. He said, do you know, Sue, my wife and me, we couldn't sleep because we've been reading Isaiah 54. We felt we should share it with you. Well, he just sat down. Piano, children, he got his work to do. Sat down, read Isaiah 54 didn't stop for a cup of tea, which is in Yorkshire quite amazing, and just left about half four in the afternoon. I thought, that's strange, somebody coming to read a passage from the Bible and not stopping for a cup of tea. And I, I turned to the scripture, Isaiah 54, enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. You shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants shall inherit the nations. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither disgrace. I thought, this has something to do with St. Andrews. And at that moment, the telephone rang. It was John. He said, Don? He said... We're not going ahead with the project. The council have decided to build a road right through the school. And what you want to be is your chalet. The road is going to go right through that chalet. So he said, we've withdrawn from the project. Well, I was not very brave, but Steve Perks had given me this scripture. And suddenly the Lord said to me, that's right. So I said, John, can I hold on to that project? And it was quite amazing, having held on to it, simply because God had spoken. The the council changed their mind, and we were able to open the conference centre, the Bible School Margaret, and the mum and dad had been many, many times. And many hundreds of people have passed through it, many young people on the mission field. Some have found their life partners there. And it's all because Steve Perks obeyed the word of God, and came and read Isaiah 54 to me, and I was able to respond, not because I'm strong, but because Steve Perks had obeyed the Lord. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So it works in times of heart conviction, it works in the word, and it works in times of panic. You might say, Don, have you ever panicked? Ooh. I've been asked to preach in Malaysia and of course you take preaching engagements about a year before and uh, Kuala Lumpur, the big church conference, the week before I was to fly out I would have given a million pounds not to be going. I was really at panic station, I was frightened, I thought I don't like flying, I don't speak Chinese. I don't like rice. (laughs) I'd worked myself into a panic. And I thought, why? Why? Why am I going? And then I turned Songs of Praise on. This is a few years ago. And it was from the Royal School of Music. And they sang an old hymn. I've never heard him sung so slowly and so majestically. God moves in a mysterious ways his wonders to perform. And they came to that verse, ye fearful saints, fresh courage take, the cloud you so much dread, are filled with mercy and will fall on blessing on your head. And it was just the word for me. And I said, Lord, I'm so scared, but You've given me your word, and I go in that promise. And it was, it was great. This morning, when Margaret came in and we had breakfast, our reading, I don't think Margaret realized it, included 1 Thessalonians 5.24. When I was in the army, it was the done thing if you were a Christian, in a barrack room of perhaps 30 men, to kneel down and read your Bible. I used to kneel down and count up to twenty and then pray. But I remember on this occasion it was payday, and, and all it seemed all the the kind of platoon were in our barrack room, gambling and the usual stuff. I'd been down to the Christian Endeavour meeting, and didn't feel I could I could witness for the Lord that night. It it seemed impossible, so I got my army mug and went down to get a drink of water and as it was there the lord flashed that scripture one thessalonians 5 24 faithful is he that called you who also will do it faithful is he that called you who also will do it and i said lord i'm such a coward i can't do it but lord i ask you to do it through me and he did it was the lord and you know i very often put that ray on the bottom of letters 1 Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. So I'm glad to testify of that. And faith works when it goes wrong. I've been trying to think now of a personal illustration. But there are so many. (laughs) There are so many. The, The one I can use actually is Paul. Do you remember? In the scripture in Acts 16, it said, we decided to go into Mysia. And the Holy Spirit said, no. Then he said, we decided to go into Asia. And the Holy Spirit said, no. But in the night, there was a man from Macedonia who said, come over and help us. So Paul, you see, the Lord used the mistakes to close door and to open the one of his choice, all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called, according to his purpose. A man was visiting a tapestry work in India, and the director was sat on a daze like this, shouting out numbers, and a man behind where Chloe sat there, kind of thing, was behind a big weaving machine. And the man would shout out, number one, and that would probably be red. So the man would put the red cottons in. Then he'd shout, eight. And so the the man up here began to shout the numbers. He got the pattern there. The man behind the machine was fixing it in. And the visitor said, but what if the man behind the machine makes a mistake? Well, he says, "said the director is so expert in weaving that he can take any mistakes and weave them into the cloth and make it beautiful." You know, some of us look back and we've made a few mistakes. We might have been a bit over pious. I think last November, I was over pious. I got meetings down here, and instead of realizing my age and not coming, I came. And it was a disaster. George had taken a week off to spend a week with me. He ended up as nurse and uh, carer. He's very blessed at the back there. And it was, I just learned a lesson from that. But we do learn from our. God loves to be trusted, even when we get it wrong. And Job says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We're on this journey. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, but faith is the key that opens the door. At the moment, I'm singing over and over again, the Old Cliff College hymn, one step more, one step more, give me faith for one step more. One step more. And I think those of us who are getting old, getting, we're not there yet. That's right, Margaret, join our club. We, we shouldn't stop. One step more. Lord, what's the next step? Oh, there's such an anticipation the excitement for the Lord's people. I think of uh, the young pastor, his dad was a pastor as well, and uh, they went out fishing, father and son. And uh, the father said to his son, uh, when you have a problem in your church, uh, do you try and sort it out? And the boy, well, the young man said to his dad, no, I do what I did when I used to go fishing with you. They said very often my line would be all tangled up. And I'd try to undo it. And I'd just then say, Father, you take it. You sort it out for me. That's faith. we just come. And I just felt this is a word laid on my heart, probably just for somebody, for one person here tonight. The Lord, perhaps... On the journey is perhaps asking you, not just big things, i mentioned, but to trust the Lord in small things, giving out a trite to a person, speaking about the Lord, anything by faith. On your journey, where are you when it comes to faith? Very often there can be setbacks, very easy to stagnate never to have really trusted the Lord for years. But perhaps tonight, the Lord may be just staring your heart and saying, I'd like you to do this. this is And um, what a blessing it will be, not only to other people, but to you, to sense his presence, to know that you are moving with him. And that faith comes not only with faith, but with hope and with love. And it glorifies our loving heavenly father, my dear friends. He's worth trusting. I love that hymn. What a faithful God have I. I have to say, the past year has not been easy at all. And uh, I have to exercise light. beginning again, even preaching. And uh, when you're coming um, to great parks... You think, my goodness, I've got to really trust the Lord for it. I really do, but the Lord comes. Faithful is he that calls you, who also will do it. What a great God we have, worthy of our praise, worthy of our trust. Let's go forward with him in these difficult days and glorify him in faith, in hope, and in love. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, when we think of the great stoop you made, we've been singing, you gave everything for me. We thank you for the great honour and privilege, Lord, of being your children. Now we are the sons of God. Please help us, Lord to exercise day by day faith in big things, faith in small things, so that you are honoured, so that you are glorified. And above all, Heavenly Father, that you are pleased. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for this precious remembrance tonight. Bless everybody here in the service, particularly the children. May they come to know the Lord Jesus at an early age. We gather up, Lord, all our friends, some have been to the ladies' conference, others celebrating, other things, commit the whole body to you and seek your continued blessing here at Great Parks. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together. May we go to our homes praising the Lord and moving forward in your grace and love. In Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen.